welcome back to the Stuff I Like podcast with me, Sherry. So I have a few things I want to talk about in this podcast, particularly little tiny tips and tricks that I think are quite inexpensive that might help you kind of zhuzh up your wardrobe. Because I know that not a lot of us have enough money to be able to go out and buy new items, even secondhand items of very good quality all the time. And sometimes you do buy something, you really like it, you just may not like something about it. So here are some things that you can do to fix these items in your wardrobe. My first one would be if you bought a bag that is leather, not suede, you can actually get it redyed a different color. So I had a whole bunch of really nice leather bags. Some of them I thought, oh, I really... I really like the style of this. I'm talking specifically about the Mulberry Kensington bag. You should Google it. This bag only has one handle that you hold rather than two, which is already a huge thing for me because then you don't have two handles kind of taking up your hand space. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but you just have one handle to hold. It's right in the middle. It's a solid bar and then you have pockets on either side. So it's super convenient, very great to use when you are out and about and you just want to hold a whole bunch of different things, but not necessarily feel like it's too bulky, if that makes any sense. It also comes with a crossbody strap, but I don't use it as often as I do just holding the handle. So I've purchased this bag in three colors, but all secondhand, I swear. The first time that I came across the style was off Poshmark. I purchased it thinking, well, this looks like a pretty practical bag. One handle, well-made, it's by Mulberry, and it seems to look really nice. I don't remember what I paid for it, something like $500 or maybe even less than that. And when I got it, I thought, oh my God, this is an amazing bag. <laughs> Everything I love about it, it's got pockets, got two sides. You can put you know, your phone and keys in one side and then all your other pouch things on the other side that hold things like your mints, maybe some gum, maybe some lipstick, your mask, your hand sanitizer. You know what I'm talking about. You don't want to dig through one big empty hole to get your stuff it's nice to have two compartments on either side of this handle and then I bought one in red and I don't mind the red color I think I find it a little bit too orange for my liking I might actually take it to get it refreshed slash redyed a different darker red but that's not for right now and then I saw another bag in the same style, but this time it was the extra large version, which I love because then you can stick a small laptop in there, like, you know, one of those MacBook Airs or a small iPad, your ebook reader, you know, you could stuff more things in there if you're planning on going out for more than just a short little jaunt to run errands. But it came in the most hideous color, this mole gray. Okay. I'm not going to say hideous, hideous for me, because some of you saw the bag and were like, oh my God, that's my shade of gray. It's not my shade of gray. It's got these brown tones to it. That's why I'm calling it mole gray. It's not a clear gray. It's kind of muddy and brownie and it's not my thing, you know? And I thought, you know, I really like the style and somebody suggested in my DMs, this wasn't even my idea. And she said, why don't you get it redyed? I'm like, OMG, brilliant. Let's get it redyed. So I found a person here in Montreal who does it. His business is Sauriol, S-A-U-R-I-O-L. His business is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but that's fine. There's always free parking. Well, free. You can just run in and not have to pay parking if you don't want to. There's always lots of parking on the street that he's on, kind of in that garmenty district area. And I brought that bag in as a test to see if he could redye it. And he redyed it the most beautiful navy blue. And now I love the bag. He kept the inside gray leather tag, 
as a gray, but that doesn't bother me. It was more the outside that I wanted dyed, not necessarily the tags on the inside as well. I've brought many other things to be dyed since then, including this waterproof leather jacket. I purchased it from M0851 a long time ago. It's waterproof leather. They call it their Danka leather. I'm not sure what makes it so special, but basically it's waterproof. It's a raincoat, but a chic raincoat because it's not plastic. So I don't really sweat in there as much as I would with a plastic raincoat that looks super cute and keeps you dry, but then you're sweating on the inside. So I'm not sure which one is worse. Anyway, I had purchased it thinking of future resale and I thought people like to wear black here. So I bought it in black. But personally for me, I should have gone with my personal preferences and picked that beautiful taupe color that they had, this kind of violety gray, or I should have gone with brown, but I thought it made me look like an Ewok. And when I put on this coat, I thought I really like the brown, but it's just a bit too Ewoky. <laughs> and a salesperson was like, oh, I don't think you look like an Ewok. I said, I know I don't look like an Ewok. I'm saying the coat makes me feel like I'm in Star Wars acting cosplay as an Ewok because it's just that specific shade of brown. Had I known then what I know now, I would have taken that coat anyway and I would have dyed it a different brown or a different color. But anyway, I'm telling you guys now. So I bought the coat in black thinking for future resale value and I just really dislike black. I know this sounds really strange, but I can only wear black in certain colors or types of things or certain outfits. If it's a dress, yes, I can wear black. If it's in leather, yes, I can wear black. If it's kind of a gothy vibe that I'm going for, or maybe a leather jacket, a biker jacket, yes, I can wear black. Black leather leggings, no problem. Black boots, fine. But this raincoat in black just made me so sad. Every time I put it on, I would be like, okay, it's keeping me warm. It's got a really big hood. It's keeping all the rain off me. It's keeping all the rain off me. But I would feel so sad in it because it was black. So I brought it into him and I said, can you do anything with this color? Even a dark gray, even a lighter gray or something, a charcoal would be better than this black. I just feel like it's so dark. And incidentally, as a side story, I did my own self-color analysis. And it turns out that, yes, I'm indeed a warm autumn, which means that black is one of my most unflattering colors, which stands to reason that I think for color analysis, you wear the colors that you actually like. So if you don't like black, like me, it's probably because you don't look good in it. But I digress. So I brought it into him and he says, yes, I can go a little bit lighter than this. I said, what? You can take black to a lighter color than this? And he can. He can go from black to a very dark brown. So now it's kind of a deep, dark walnut brown. And the waterproof qualities have not disappeared from this leather. It's still waterproof. So I'm super excited. I enjoy wearing this raincoat now. I'll pull it out when it's raining and I'll put it on and be like, yes, brown leather coat, much better than black. So in the end, I did customize the raincoat. I just think that if I'd purchased a lighter color, like that light Ewok brown that I saw, I probably would have gone for maybe a bright pink or some wild raincoat color that would make me even happier. But dark brown, I'll take it. Going from black to dark brown, yes, especially since the coat back then for me was really quite expensive. I think I paid $650 or $700 for it, but I thought, hey, leather raincoat, I'm never going to find this again. And guess what? I haven't because they stopped making them. So basically anything leather can be dyed. I tried to bring in suede and he told me no, because if he dyes it, the dye would transfer. And everything that he has dyed so far has not transferred or rubbed off on anything. So suede is out, but smooth leather, that stuff you can bring in. 
obviously you can't bring in vegan leather that's just plastic because greenwashing but yeah dyeing your stuff will give your things a fresher look because now it's a different even color because you might have maybe smudges or stains or whatever it is he's going to get rid of all that if he dyes it and he even fixes your shoes a little for you because i brought in a pair and a bit of the leather was coming off and he glued it down for me and then he dyed it so that was nice Another tip of things that you can do to refresh your items that you already own and kind of upcycle them rather than get rid of them, especially since you still love the style or whatever, just maybe not the color or whatever it is, it's tailoring. So I do this with everything that I think I'm going to keep for the long term. So there's a shirt that I bought from Alimage. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. I'm not sure. It's spelled A-L-E-M-A-I-S. And I love it. It's this kind of pink, dreamy watercolor floral. But the sleeves of the shirt were so piratey. You know, from that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry wears that pirate shirt? That's what it looked like, but in a pink floral. So I brought it into my tailor and he will take in the sleeves to kind of slim them down a bit. So that's something that you can do. You can kind of change the shape of some of your items, not all. You can even do things like take out the waist just a tiny bit. There was a dress that I had by Stella Jean with all these radishes all over it. I think you might have seen it. If you haven't, well, it's beautiful. It's a radish dress. And the waist was so dang tight. It was a US 6, but her clothing runs extremely tight in the waist for Italian sizing. So I took it in and he took out the waist just by half an inch. And that was enough for me to breathe and eat. So I said, yes. Take it to the maximum, add elastic if you have to, I don't care. He did it, you can't even tell. It fits so much better now. You can also take the shoulders up. So that dress in the US 6 was actually too big for me, except in the waist. So he had the shoulders taken up a bit so that it would fit on my frame better, which is more of a US 4, but with the belly of a US 6 with the butts and hips to match now. And he managed to kind of make my clothes just fit better on me. I even do stuff like hem it. So I used to use this no-sew tape at home to hem all of my pants. When the pants are really nice, or I think I want to wear them for a longer time than just, you know, wearing them outside or whatever it is, I take them in to get them properly hemmed because you can see the glued on, ironed on tape bit when you do it yourself at home. Whereas with a proper tailor, you're going to see the stitching and it's gonna look better and, and fall and drape better rather than having a piece of basically fabric glue holding it in place. I think fabric glue is good for very quick fixes, but if you want a permanent solution that looks much better, you should get it tailored. I tailor all of my pants up to an inch just above the ground so I can wear flats. I don't really wear heels, but if I wore heels with those pants, I would absolutely get them tailored with the exact heel I plan on wearing with them an inch off the ground. I also just wear the same height of heels all the time. So if I had my stilettos, basically they're all from Manolo Blahnik. They're all size 37. They're all in solid varying shades of brown <laughs> and one black. And they're all the same height. So that all of my pants that I plan on wearing with heels or only wear with heels will go with those. You can also solve this problem by just wearing culottes. You can wear heels with culottes and then you don't have to worry about pant hems. But even with culottes, make sure that they fit you and hit you right at the perfect point of your leg rather than being too long or, well, too short, you can't do anything. I guess you can just change them into shorts. But if they're too long and you're more petite, you're not a five foot seven ideal, quote unquote, ideal height of a model. I mean, in terms of fit, most models are five foot seven. 
even though the models that they shoot are five foot something, I read somewhere that the fit models are actually five foot seven because that's considered the average height of an American woman. So go figure. Anyway, my point is if you wear culottes, then you don't have to worry about the heel height, but you should get your things tailored so that they don't drag on the ground. They don't have dirty, ugly stains at the hems when you're walking on dirty streets. Whatever it is, tailoring makes a huge difference, even by an inch. Some people go super far and they tailor even their t-shirts. I haven't reached that level yet, but I would say that if the piece is really, really special to you, do get it tailored to fit you better if you can take it in, in the waist, take up the shoulders, whatever else like that. Another quick tip that I just implemented today is change out the shoelaces of your shoes. So I know unless you have sneakers that have a very specific shoelace with them, like my Lanvin sneakers in gold have this grow grain ribbon that matches it perfectly. You can't buy over-the-counter shoelaces for these over-the-counter <laughs> you can't buy over-the-counter shoelaces for these okay you have to keep the grow grain ribbon on them because otherwise it doesn't have the same feel so i'll take that out and i'll hand wash it but for anything else okay just get new shoelaces honestly if it's stained to the point of no return that even a short little wash can't fix them then just get brand new shoelaces don't bother trying to get that black stain out it will refresh your sneakers especially if they're white in shoelaces, I mean, and you can actually choose different colors for them. So I have a pair of National Geographic Karayuma sneakers that are this jungle print. They come with white shoelaces that are brand new. So I've taken those off and set them aside in case for future shoes, I might want to use those pristine white shoelaces. And I switched them out for green shoelaces instead that are stretchy. So that's my other tip is when you buy shoelaces, try and get the stretchy kind so that you can tie it perfectly do it as a really, really good knot, and they become slip-on shoes because the shoelaces themselves are stretchy. Another fashion hack that I had and I saw on Instagram was taking a no-show sock and putting it over the liner of your shoe rather than wearing the sock itself so it doesn't slip off. So I'm 50% on this because I did that. I took out the lining of the shoe. I put the shock sock over it, shock over it. <laughs> I put the sock over it and then I wore it. But then the problem is that you still need to wear something on your foot because your toes start rubbing against the shoe at the top. So while I like that it absorbs the sweat from the bottom of my soles, it doesn't solve my problem of having to wear a sock anyway, or at least some sort of half sock over my toes. But I still like the tip. I just wear two pairs of socks instead. And then my other tips are just being able to do minor repairs at home, like on jewelry. Unless your jewelry is super, super expensive, if something breaks, a link disappears or whatever, buy yourself two pairs of pliers for jewelry, specifically needle nose pliers, and a little stack or box of jump rings. Jump rings are just those metal circles that you're able to use the pliers to open and then close with the pliers to fix whatever is broken on your jewelry. And of course, super glue, because super glue has saved me a lot of times with different things. You don't need to necessarily take it in to have professionals fix it when you can just do it yourself. The next skill I'd like to learn is how to fix a hole in a sweater, because apparently there's a very specific technique where you work with the weave of the sweater rather than just like I do, take a piece of thread and make a hideous knot in the middle <laughs> and sticking out like an eyesore. You can also buy lots of different tools to help you make your things fit better. For instance, a shoe stretcher is a godsend. 
I bought one and it comes with little knobs that you can put in different parts of the shoe. And then what you do is you put that shoe stretcher inside your shoe and you crank it up and the stretcher expands and you just leave it like that for a couple of days until the leather takes to the new shape. It's worked brilliantly. Another tool that you might find useful is the belt hole puncher. It doesn't really work on very, very thin straps of shoes because the hole itself has to be even thinner than usually what's given as a belt puncher. But I've added holes to belts. I've added holes where there shouldn't be holes, like on my clutches. I wanted to put a crossbody strap on them because I wanted a hands-free option, but there was no hands-free option. So I just did two belt hole punches into the side of the clutch that I bought. And then I found a strap that was kind of a similar color and I just hooked it into the holes. It's not the best job, it's DIY, because I should have actually put a grommet to hold it and make the hole a bit more sturdy with a grommet around the hole edges, but it works for now. It's not a very big purse, it's not going to tear, it's quite good leather, it's Proenza Schuler that I bought secondhand. And then I had it all re-dyed with this really beautiful turquoise color instead. Oh, and just having things on hand, like foot pedals. I don't know if you know what they are. It's just a brand that I use all the time for my shoes. Basically, they're these little foot pads that you can use on straps that feel a bit too rough. I use the back heel pads quite often on pretty much all of my shoes, even my sneakers. I also have these heel pads for cushioning your shoes in front. And I have these very, very tiny pads that you can put in certain spots that might feel too tight or blister at the tops of your shoes, meaning underneath your, the top of the shoe or underneath your sole in certain spots. To be honest, I haven't used them yet, but I have them just in case. They also sell sole grips. So it's these sole stoppers, I think they're called. So I use these on the very bottom of my shoe to make sure that they don't slip and slide when I'm walking outside. And then after my shoes go through a trial period of, hey, I actually do want to keep these and I do like them and I want to take care of them. Then I take them into my cobbler and have Vibram soles for about 40 bucks put onto the bottom of those shoes. These sole stoppers, they work for cheap shoes slash as a temporary fix for making sure you don't slide around as you're walking outside, but they're not a permanent fix, just like with my no-sew tape hem business, right? So if you really love these shoes, take them in to get Vibram soles put on them. And I think that pretty much covers all of my major tips for today. I think that they're all very useful and I hope that they've helped you too. So have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.